This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is wonderful to have you with us. Um, if you're uh, new or visiting, this is actually a really great morning to be with us as a church family, uh, as we'll just be sharing a little bit about the theme and focus for this year, what uh, we're hoping to really go after as a community of faith. So great to be a part of it. You know, I was uh, chatting with a bunch of other pastors uh, on Thursday. We were all in the room together. Uh, and unsurprisingly, most of us were actually gearing up for Vision Sunday. It's a thing that's happening right across uh, our state and our denomination um, this weekend for quite a lot of churches. And I was chatting with one of the guys um, who was just saying, you know what, his vision was really clear for this year, but he said, some years it feels like I've just got to get up there and bring this whole bunch of rah, rah, rah and noise and energy to the life of the church. And so I guess I just want to share that I'm coming to this morning not feeling that at all, but actually feeling a real deep sense of clarity, uh, actually that we've listened to God and the Holy Spirit and His leadings for a number of months we've been sitting with what I'll share with you this morning. Uh, And if I speak really fast, it's just because I'm conscious of how much I'd love to get through in the next little while. Uh, And if I get excited, it's not trying to whip up some sort of corporate enthusiasm It's because I genuinely have faith for what I believe God is going to do in and through us as a family of faith this year. That sound good? So I'd love just to ask you uh, as we get in here, who is genuinely excited about what God is currently at work doing in the life of our church? That's amazing. What an amazing place to, to start the year, to start the year together. So, so why do a, a Vision Sunday when we already have a really clear and present vision to be a church that is marked by desperation for God and passion for people? Well, partly I think you need to have something to aim at uh, and you need to have really clear steps about how we're going to pursue and lean into that vision as a church this year. Uh, you'll see a number of stats pop up um, on the screen uh, this morning. Uh, this was from our NCLS at the end of uh, last year. Thank you to everybody who participated in that. Uh, But one of the things that it showed was that that 45% of us are strongly committed to the church's vision, um, which is good. That's great. Um, But part of what those stats showed was that there was, yeah, it was about 16, 17, 18% that didn't even have any idea what our vision was or or what even goals or things that we were trying to drive towards as a church family. Uh, I'm not too disheartened by that uh, because, as you'll see later, so many of us are new to the life of the church. Um, But what I certainly hope for this morning is that you come away with a very, very, very clear sense of where we're going this year and what we're pushing into. And so I'd love to bed this down in um, what I think is going to be a kind of key passage, uh, foundational, formational passage of Scripture for us this year. Uh, And it comes uh, in the book of Exodus, and it's in uh, chapter 33. And the people of God are at a really significant point in their history. God has saved them, he's redeemed them, he's brought them out of uh, Egypt and slavery with all manner of amazing miracles and signs and wonders that he is the God who is with them. He's poured out his love and his confession over them that they are his chosen people, this this special possession out of all the earth. He is going to be with them in this real and unique way. Uh, and there's a great kind of yeah, thing that happens in Exodus 19 that you should really read, key passage uh, in, in the overall story of the Bible. Uh, Moses has gone away for a couple of weeks, and uh, they've 
they flipped out. Uh, they're melting jewelry and they're making idols, um, trying, to, trying to bow down to these idols. Just, just wild and absurd behavior from the people of God. And yet, uh, God is still going to see his plans and his purposes through with them. And so at the point now where they're going to move from where they are and start heading into the next season, the next phase, heading towards the promised land. But at the beginning of chapter 33, the Lord says to Moses, these people, man, I don't know. I'll send them, but I'll send them with one of my angels, and I might not go with them. And there's this whole interaction that Moses has with God, um, begging, pleading, reminding him of his promises. And God answers by affirming, no, actually, it will be my presence that goes with you. I will be with you. Not just I'll have plans that I outwork for you. Not just that I'll allow angels and things to organize things for you. But but, no, I, myself, my presence will go with you. And Moses responds with, with these words. And he's not trying to manipulate God in this moment because he's already got the assurance that God's presence will be with him. But he just shares out of his heart just how important that is to him. Just what a, a non-negotiable that is for him and for the people. Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, then don't send us. We don't even want all the promises. We don't want to see the promised land. We don't need any of it. We don't need the victories. We don't need the success. If we don't have you, don't want it. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and pleased with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? He's their distinctive. He's their unique experience as the people of God that they don't just know about God but they know him. They don't just do things for God, but actually participate and partner with him in the world. And and, uh, God affirms once again, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you and know you by name. My presence will go with you. As I've been sitting over the last couple of months, there has just been this real sense for me that this word presence is is really key for us uh, in the coming year, uh, something we want to push into um, and position ourselves uh, to go after. Because that's what it's about, isn't it? Uh, We can do organisational stuff, we can do events, we can do clever things, engaging things, interesting things, but if God's not in it, What's the point? What's the point? What will make us different from every other organisation, social club, TED Talk conference? (laughs) But the beautiful reality is that God is with us. That this isn't just a passage of scripture kind of lobbed out of the middle, just cherry-picked, but actually throughout the scripture we see God's commitment to presence himself with his people. Right back from the opening of our Bibles, God creating us for relationship, not just to know about him, but to know him and to experience him and to respond to him is that beautiful picture of God walking in the Garden of Eden with the first humans in just hanging out, presence with one another. And of course, our whole scripture and all of salvation history is heading to the point where we will gather around multitudes from every nation, tribe, and tongue around this God who is with us, to experience him unmarred by all the brokenness and all the sin that we currently experience. 
And throughout the scripture, God continues to show up and turn up in powerful and amazing ways. Whether it's, you know, clouds of pillars and, and fires of pillars, whether it's descending on mountains with theophanies, whether it's his Holy Spirit kind of resting on individuals for certain tasks in the Old Testament, the creating of the tabernacle, this place, this physical reminder where God dwells, his presence dwells among his people. Then the establishment of a more permanent temple for the people of God. We get into our New Testament and we see God presence himself, dwell with us, make his home with us in a new and a powerful way as Emmanuel, God with us, enters our world. And we've seen him, haven't we? John reminds us, chapter 1. The word made flesh, made his dwelling among us. And then Jesus promised to his people he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And he pours out into us his Holy Spirit. Quite literally, we are walking around as the living temples of the presence of God. That's pretty wild. (laughs) That is pretty wild. And so we want to connect with this great God. We want to know this great God. We want to love this great God. Receive and respond to the presence of God in all we do. You know, A.W. Tozer was... um, a fairly significant Christian thinker of the last century, and um, he's got some brutal quotes. This is one of them. He said, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do would go on, and no one would notice the difference. Ouch. (laughs) He was a glass half-empty kind of guy. (laughs) But he said, If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everyone would know the difference. Friends, this is a magnificent part of the salvation story. Uh, It's a magnificent part of our faith that we don't just know and love and worship a God who is distant from us, uh, an impersonal thought, a a comforting worldview, but we serve a, a personal and a present God, a God who is with us individually, a God who is with us together as his people. And so we want to have that first and forefront this year. Uh, So the the kind of theme and the focus we're kind of going with this year is is this idea of the ministry of presence, God's presence with us and our presence with one another. Uh, I see this outworking um, in four very unique areas and and specific ways uh, as a church family this year. Um, I did think coming into this morning, this is is maybe less vision and more just a mad strategy. So you guys up for a strategy session? Yeah, yeah, about how we go after our vision. We've got our vision, desperate for God, passionate for people. Here's a strategy for the next 12 months, uh, or maybe longer. We'll see how we go. Uh, but four ways I see this uh, working out uh, in our lives together as, as the community of faith. Uh, obviously, that first and the most important thing is we need to know him and experience his presence as individual believers. Uh, that is obviously it's one of the core foundations of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, not just that we know about him, but that we know him, we experience him, we respond to his presence in our lives, attentive and attentive to his presence in our lives. Then we do this, don't we? That from that place we, we gather together, and there's something about our shared life where we together experience and acknowledge and respond to the presence of God in our lives. Wanting to welcome him into spaces like this, wanting to worship him whenever we gather together where two or three are there, he is right there in the midst of us is the promise of Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, and, And of course, it's not just about us and God, but the greatest commandment has a horizontal element too. 
And so we very much this year want to actually be very deliberate and pushing into the way that we are present with one another. It's one of the beautiful things about the New Testament and the church um, that we see um, explode uh, throughout history in the pages of our Bibles. They did this so well. They were present with each other. They were genuine, and they were genuine, uh, generous in their relationships with each other and the ways that they spent time with each other. And, of course, we don't just want to be a holy huddle. We actually want to live on mission as disciple-makers. And that actually means turning up in the lives of others who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, being personal, being prayerful about the relationships that we're, we're cultivating. Uh, not kind of relying on a church program or, or an in, informal, it's kind of impersonal, you know, track that you put into someone's hand on a street. But we want to be in their lives so they can see our life and our faith and feel our love and our care and our connection with them. Does that make sense? Cool. Morning tea. Would you like me to unpack those a little more? Phew, that's good. So I've done some work. <laughs> um, hey, listen, during the week, I experienced something that was really fun and quite unusual for, um, for my life. I had a date with my wife. <laughs> oh, my goodness. As in, sorry, I need to clarify, without children. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so our daughter started school this week. Uh, our son was in uh, daycare. I had the day off. It's my normal day off. Kay had taken the day off uh, in order to start the kindy thing. And so we dropped all the kids off and we were able to go to a cafe and just sit down, the two of us, just because. Not trying to do a task, uh, not trying to manage and wrangle children, but just to actually be with one another. I recommend it. Uh, not with my wife, she's mine, but, um, <laughs> but every time I do this, because, uh, uh, yeah, we've got young kids, if you, if you don't know me, I've got a three and a five-year-old, so our lives have been very busy the last couple of years. Um, but every time I do this, I get a little convicted, I, I must, must admit, uh, that here I have someone that I so deeply care about, that's so significant in my life, that I'm present with all the time. Like, I mean, I live four minutes from home. Um, we're always doing stuff with the kids. Like, we're always around each other. But just I uh, recognize the significance of actually attend. What? You said you live four minutes from home. Well, I kind of live here, don't I? So, I mean, <laughs> Freudian slip, but probably true and accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, just that reminder, actually, that, that we, this is something I need to attend to, that I, that I need to give uh, attention to, and I need to be attentive to her, even though she's there all the time, and even though she's significant in my life, uh, hopefully all the time, there is still this, uh, there needs to be a proactiveness and intentionality at seeking out that quality one-on-one -on -one time with each other. So when it comes to... Um, yeah, this, this idea of, of one with God, um, there's some words that go along with these. Uh, and for me, this is attending and attentive. We want to attend to the presence of God uh, in our lives and be attentive to him throughout our lives. Uh, what do those words mean? Well, there's a little definition on the, on the screen there. To attend to the presence of God in our lives means deliberately pursuing personal time with him. Just to be with the one that we love. To nurture a deepening intimacy with him. Do not take it for granted that the whole earth is filled with his glory, but actually attend to the relationship that's so important. And to be attentive, that is to cultivate a continual awareness and responsiveness to the presence of God uh, in the everyday. 
And I don't know if you've ever experienced this as you've been going along your every day and there's an awareness of what God is leading or prompting or, or speaking or empowering you to do. It's a wild difference between that and just plugging away in your own strength, almost unaware that he is living within you and seeking to live through you. So attending and attentive. Huge amount of verses throughout the scripture uh, we can go to through uh, for, for any and all of these. Uh, but there's just a couple um, on the scriptures, on the screen there. And I love that one from Psalm 27. This is this posture of being attentive, isn't it? One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of him and to seek him. My heart says, seek his face. And so your face, Lord, I will seek. You won't just be somebody I know about. You won't just be somebody I discuss in my connect groups. You won't just be part of the worldview with which I've built around me. But relationally, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to be with you, attentive and attending to what is most important. Yeah, some lots of stats are for us as well. Um, I'm really encouraged by just how important that is among us. Uh, that for most of us, there is this shared sense that, that God is with us and he's moving and we're growing and we're, and we're leaning in. I love that stat. 89% of us have grown in our faith, either through this church, groups, or other, or, or other private activity in the last 12 months. Can we just stop and actually recognize how amazing that is? Nine out of 10 of us, that was close enough. We're happy with that rounding up. Nine out of 10 of us last year, in the last 12 months, experienced more growth, understood God more, felt closer to him, felt that our character was more conformed to the likeness of Christ, felt like we were stepping into spiritual gifts and, and, and serving. Nine out of 10, growing with God. And I love that. So we want to continue that um, this year. Three quarters of us spend time with him, deliberate, intentional time with him through prayer and reading and, and devotions. I reckon that's not bad. I mean, 100% would be rad. Um, but I think we're tracking there. I think for most of us, um, there is this sense, there is this heart, there is this priority that, oh, I need to actually be with him. I want to connect with him. I want to know him and deepen my, my love and my affection for him, to hear the things that he speaks over me, to know him as I, as I walk about and I live out my life. I, I'm doing that in and through the presence and the strength that God provides. One with, with God. I love that. We're gonna, so we're going to keep going after that this year. And there's a bunch of ways that we'd love to, I said this was a strategy session, kind of help us as a community of faith continue to grow into this attending and attentiveness to the presence of God one-on-one -on -one with him. So there's a bunch of things we're going to do in, from resourcing personal spiritual practices, uh, seeding ideas, uh, just to help cultivate that awareness in the midst of everyday life. I know that can be really tricky. Um, so we'll hear testimonies. We'll get people to share what's working for them. Um, yeah, little prayers that we can pray throughout the day. We'll be sharing these as the year goes on. Uh, we want to create space in our programs and our services to have that personal one-on-one -on -one connection with the God who is with us. I want to bring back a few more midweek worship nights uh, as well. We might call them presence nights, but we'll see. Uh, and, and a whole lot more. Uh, but one of the things I'd love just to draw your attention to at the beginning of this year is that Lent devotional that Johnny plugged. How cool would it be if that 
at least for Lent, that 76% was 100%, 100% of us every day in the Word, engaging with God, um, learning and reading about the one that we love, Jesus, our Savior um, uh, and our Lord. That's going to be in the book of Matthew. And we'd love to kind of promote and get you to consider some Lent spiritual practices as well. Um, I don't know if anybody's into fasting or fasting from different things, uh, but in other church traditions, that's a really important part of the church calendar uh, throughout Lent to deliberately forego something so that every time we feel that nudge or that leaning to go to that thing, whether it's social media or movies or a partic- food or whatever it is, a particular uh, habit, it jogs us and reminds us to be aware of the presence of God in our life. So we'll talk more about that one um, coming up. But that's uh, one with God, some of the ways that we are going to go uh, after that this year. Does that make sense? Do you know the trouble is, is like going with the overview right up the front, is you know how many more points we've still got to come. So I'm just going to keep moving, if that's all right. <laughs> Secondly, together with God, welcoming and worshipping the presence of God together. You know, there was a couple of years ago, I was um, uh, leading a small group, and we call them connect groups here, um, and we'd had a great, we'd had a great small group night. It felt like that. People were there. We'd had a great, robust discussion about things from the Bible and about the nature of God. So much of a great discussion and so much of a great personal connection with one another at the beginning of the night that by the time we got to the end, we just did the... You've done this before, haven't you? You just whip around and you say what your prayer points are. And then you're like, well, it's pretty late. I think we'd better go home. Someone can do a kind of wrap-up prayer. And then and that, and that was small group. And I was driving home and just realising... Have we talked a lot about God? <laughs> but we didn't have any sense that he was actually with us. The God who we were talking about was with us. The God that we wanted to do these things in our life, that we were sharing prayer points for, was, was, was right there to ask. And so a couple of weeks later, we actually slowed right down and said, you know what, let's make some space in our small group night to actually just worship and to listen and to share from that place with one another. There is a a radical difference, I think, uh, between gathering together as people of faith and gathering together uh, with a welcome and a worship to the presence of God as we do. So what do I mean by these words? Well, welcoming means delighting that God's presence is among us and inviting him to move when we meet. And I know sometimes, for some people, that can be a a confronting word, um, welcoming, um, because theologically, God is everywhere. His glory fills the earth. There is nowhere we can run from his presence. And songs that uh, use words like, you know, come, Holy Spirit, or inviting him to come into the room, uh, people have some real difficulty with. Uh, So I'd just love to explain this uh, a little bit more uh, with an illustration from from my household. Uh, We live on quite a steep block. And so you come into the front door and you kind of ascend stairs uh, as we follow the topography of the hill that our house is built on, right? Um, so what often will happen is we'll have guests over and you know, Kay will go down, maybe whoever gets there first, will open the door and people will come into our house. And so they'll be in our house. They know that they were welcomed because they were invited. They know that they were welcomed because we opened the door and answered the, the knock. <laughs> uh, they know that we wanted to meet with them because that's it, and they were already present in the house. But then as I see them, I'll say, come in, come in. Anyone else do this? 
It's like, well, they're already present in our house. They already should know that they are welcome in this space. And this is a deliberate and an intentional invitation in order to connect with them. But the words I'll use, and I'll use it at the back um, at the door on Sunday mornings as well, we welcome, come in, come in. And, and it's this statement of intent that I am so glad that you're in this space with me. And my intention is to connect and to enjoy the fact that you are. And so that's where this is coming from, welcoming. We delight in God's presence and we invite him to move when we meet. And we worship him, of course, consciously responding with heartfelt devotion to the living God together. You know, what we're doing here is not just gathering together to do a religious thing and to kind of fill our minds for the week ahead, but we want to respond to the living God. And I hope you felt that even this morning as we were singing. And I know worship takes so many more forms than singing. But this heartfelt response to God, this living hope, he has set us free, hallelujah. It does something in us and to our hearts and in our walks with him as we do. Lots of places throughout the scriptures to go to as well. But I love this from 1 Peter, that we are like living stones. We're being built into this spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. No longer do we need to make the pilgrimage to the tabernacle or the temple and get a priest to go in on our behalf into the Holy of Holies. But each of us, filled with the very presence of God through his Holy Spirit, gather together. And it's like, bam, 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 bam. God is building us together into this place, into this people that he delights in dwelling. So how are we going to go after that? Oh, stats. There you go. That's not too bad. Do we think that's not too bad? Oh, I think that's too bad. Could, could, be, could be better. <laughs> oh, I've got a fellow glass half-empty person in the room. Uh, look, I actually love this. About three-quarters of us, when we gather together for our services and our programs, have a sense of the nearness of God's presence. Often, usually, um, or even, uh, yeah, always or usually. So I, I think that's great. Uh, but one of the things that our NCLS did show up is that there was a real heart to prioritize our services. So this was the third priority in terms of uh, feedback from our church community about what you would like us to prioritize for the next 12 months as a church. There's something significant about what we're doing now. And I read that as, and I know there's more. That there's more for us when we gather together in our connect groups, in our youth group, in our kingdom kids, when we're catching up with two or three people who know and love Jesus. There's more for us when we gather together in this place to experience God and to respond to him. And so very keen uh, to lead into that and to hear that and to make that a priority, that our together life with God uh, needs to find beautiful expression as we recognize and we delight in and we respond to the fact that he is with us. So a bunch of ways that we want to do that um, this year. Uh, obviously, culture of worship stuff, super uh, important. Um, service elements that engage us with God together. So I'd love to see some more interactive elements and creative elements, uh, testimonies, prayer, all that kind of stuff. And we experience it, don't we? Every time we have communion, like there's, there's just, oh, there's this beautiful richness as we get to engage with God for ourselves, but doing that uh, together in community. 
Um, greater emphasis on prayer and prayer ministry, midweek, our worship nights, some of these kind of fit in multiple uh, categories. Um, and I'd love just to highlight uh, our next uh, prayer meeting as well. So what's your newsletter for that? That'll be in one, two, three Wednesday nights. Um, but yeah, we gathered together with about 26, 27 people, I think it was, a couple of weeks ago for a beautiful time of just praying together and recognizing that God is with us as a church community and we just love him so much and we just want to trust him with what he's doing and we want to intercede and we want to ask for even, 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 even more. Uh, not because we're greedy, but because we have faith in the one that we're praying to. And so those prayer meetings, they're just open to anybody uh, and we'll make more noise about those as they gather closer together. Then there is that one another component. Um, I don't know if you've ever sat across the table from somebody in a cafe, maybe even a restaurant, maybe even in a meeting, and they're just on their phone. Have you been that person? <laughs> I was watching somebody review watches <laughs> on YouTube because I'm, I'm going I'm <laughs> during Lent. One of the things I'm going to fast from is YouTube shorts. Um, <laughs> you just get down the rabbit hole. I mean, yeah, yeah, reviewing watches, what was good, what was not, and someone asked, well, what about, you know, those kind of Apple watches or, you know, Galaxy watches or whatever it is? Um, and I loved it. He said, that's not a watch, that's an interruption. Yeah. Just always interrupting relationship and that ability to actually genuinely be present with another person. Towards the end of last year, I got invited into a, a, a sacred space um, with somebody. Who's looking like their life was um, heading towards ending? Um, not someone from our church, but someone connected with somebody uh, in the life of our church. Um, so I was invited to go and visit and just share some of the, the Christian hope um, that we have. And they were a long way away. Um, so I'm driving there on, on, on the motorway thinking, you know, I, like I've, I've got time and I've got space to do this today. That's why I, I offered um, to be able to do that. I think it's an important thing to be able to do, particularly at those really tricky parts of life, life's journey. But I was also very conscious, this is going to be a long round trip. Um, this is going to take some serious time, and there is a very real opportunity cost in investing that time together. But it was already after God had laid this on my heart. And so Holy Spirit, just the whole way, is just nudging me. Ministry of presence, ministry of presence, ministry of presence. There is just something beautiful and wonderful, biblical, about prioritizing people, about being passionate for people, about turning up in their lives without an agenda, without being rushed, but to be with, to love, and to connect with them. That's why it's such an important part of our vision as a church. So we want a genuine and a generous ministry of presence with one another this year. What does that mean, genuinely? Well, you've connected with people non-genuinely, I'm sure. It means authentically connecting with one another in ways that foster deepening relationships. Things that go beyond maintenance and go beyond surface and go beyond pleasantries, Christian niceties, but to actually be, really be, to see, really see, to turn up, to really turn up in relationships with one another. And there's a generosity that should happen as part of that, joyfully and sacrificially blessing one another with our time, the most precious resource we have, right? Hospitality, our welcome and our care. 
This is what we see in the New Testament church just nailing all the time, opening up their homes, sharing meals, sharing possessions, intertwined with each other's lives. We've lost some of that as an individualistic Western society. And yet Jesus calls us, conforms us into his image, not the image of the world. And so we do want to be giving of ourselves to one another in order to deepening relationships, not just relationships with the people that we already have deep relationships with, but with all of our brothers and sisters, in a realistic way, um, of course. So many verses up there on the scripture, but I, I love Romans. Be devoted to one another in love. That's a strong word, devoted. We put that in our wedding vows, my wife and I. That's a strong word. Be devoted to one another in love, Paul says to the church, a community like us. Honour one another above yourselves. Share, practice hospitality. So I think this is a very significant one for us this year. Here are some stats that blew my mind. 42% of us are new to the life of this local church in the last five years? No? You're like, we know. We come every Sunday, Travis. Well, I wasn't here five years ago, so this is news to me, right? 42% new in the last five years. Now, I reckon you could knock two years off that because there was COVID. No one was seeing one another. So the reality, the shared, the lived experience is that 42% of our church are new in the last three years of face-to-face programs. That's crazy. 14% new in the last 12 months, another eight the year before. So 22% never have seen Craig up here. I don't know. It was in my notes. I was trying to work out too. <laughs> that's, like, that's, I know I'm being a bit generous here, but that's heading up towards a quarter. That is pretty wild. And so what I think then for me is that the, he, I just see this as an incredible opportunity in the life of our church this year. What an incredible opportunity we have to actually connect and to welcome people that we did not know before, um, that we don't have deep relationships with yet because we're all in the same boat. If you've been here for decades and decades and decades and are feeling like, well, I don't feel like I know everybody, well, join everybody else. We're all in the same boat looking around being like, I, I don't know people at that deep level yet. And so what a great opportunity for us this year to deliberately press into this. 45% of us um, only, I think, have a strong and growing sense of connection in the life of our church. So so there's a want there, there's a yearning there, a need there for us to connect more with one another as we go on. Uh, In the circle of strengths, um, NCLS has sort of nine things that they measure church health on and they just kind of rank them. Uh, So what have we got down the bottom? Inclusion and belonging are our bottom two strengths as a church at the moment. Huge opportunity for us to deliberately invest in relationships, in being present with one another throughout this year. And by far and away, the future priorities, the things um, that we are hearing from that survey that says we need to prioritise this as a church in the next 12 months is that sense of community. So I'm excited this year uh, for a whole bunch of people to get to know a whole bunch of other people at a whole new, deeper level. So how are some of the ways we're going to go after this? Well, we're going to give opportunities to do it. Uh, We're going to highlight and increase ways of connecting as a church family, resumption of men and women's ministries. Of course, we're going to continue to plug our connect groups as a great way to build and strengthen deepening relationships with one another in a significant and a meaningful way. Uh, We've got our pastoral care systems um, kind of being kickstarted for the year, helping hands continues to stay there. 
uh, a greater focus on storytelling as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read that. You, you read a story of somebody or you get them to share something and you feel connected to them. You've got something to start a conversation with them. So greater focus on storytelling and the big highlight. Da, 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 da. We're going camping together. Yeah, come on. Some of you are like, oh. There, there, there are cabins too. There are cabins too. It's okay. Um, but that's going to be the last weekend of October. So we'll put a save the date in next uh, weekend's newsletter and it'll be on the website and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but obviously, if you want to be with people, you've got to be with people. That take time. How about a weekend together? Sounds pretty good to me as well. And lastly, because I know you're all hungry for morning tea, beyond the church, beyond the church, personal and prayerful ministry of presence with those who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, what does this mean? It means it is personal. It's not something that you can delegate to another. Uh, I think so often we fall into the trap that the church should do this and forget that we're the church. <laughs> and Jesus didn't just call us to make disciples. He called his disciples to make disciples. Embracing our setness through building connections with those who don't yet know Jesus whether it's your neighbours, whether it's a workplace, whether it's a sporting team, it's going to be good. And prayerfully doing this as well. And there's a spiritual element as we recognise the presence of God with us, regularly praying for our people of peace. We'll unpack that phrase a little later if you don't know what that means, as we look for opportunities to share our faith. Um, obviously, this is all throughout Scripture. Um, we looked at Colossians 4 in some depth towards the end of last year as well. But look at that 2 Corinthians 5 passage that we are Christ's ambassadors, as though he was making his appeal through us. We are his witnesses. Relational disciple-making is what we're called and what we're invited into. And statistically, in the West at the moment, it is the single most fruitful way of seeing people come to faith. Relational disciple-making, one-to-one, being in people's lives, doing the inviting, which is great. So I was encouraged by this set of stats as well. 38% of us actually invited somebody to church last year who didn't go to another church at the time. That's pretty amazing. Not just would be open to doing that, not just think that would be a good idea, but actually did it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's, that's 38%. That is high. That is high. Um, and, uh, but in terms of, of faith sharing, obviously there's some growth there that we can, uh, that we can grow into. Um, 10% of us are regularly involved in outreach or some evangelistic activity, even though 70% of us feel at ease sharing our faith. So there is some room to grow, I think, for us in um, just the ways that we are sharing faith and building relationships and bridges with those who don't yet know Jesus. How are we going to go about it? Oh, man, we're going to go about it. Uh, we're going to resource and encourage personal relational disciple-making, uh, praying regularly for our people of peace, so bringing some of that into our services. Um, we're going to continue to promote the soft entry points into relationship with this church. Great things like the craft, the fitness, the play group, uh, our youth group. Um, these are great ways for people to come in uh, who may not come to a Sunday service and may not be ready to you know, come to an alpha or something like that, but actually kind of just get in the orbit of church and be around people who know Jesus. Uh, very keen to renew our strategic partnerships within our community. I think that's something that I heard very strongly when I first came up here. Uh, people were feeling like, post-COVID, we've got to get back to some of those really intentional uh, um, partnerships uh, with community groups. 
Um, of course, we're going to continue to invest with all our mission partners, and there's a whole bunch of resources that we can, um, that we can use. Um, and we'll certainly talk about uh, building a discipleship culture stuff as we go throughout the year. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. I did say let's strategize, right? <laughs> let's keep it simple. God is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's real. He's here. And he doesn't want us going about our lives with him in the background. Feeling like, hmm, we know some stuff about him, but we don't know him. And neither do we want to not be present in the lives of others. Presence is very hard of what we want to push into this year. Us with God, together with God, with one another, and with those who don't yet know Jesus. So putting it all together, it looks like that. I think it looks like a full year. <laughs> I think we have our work cut out for us. But as I said, I am genuinely filled with faith. For what can be, I would say, for what will be this year. Because apart from him, yeah, not much of eternal significance happens. But with him, all the testimonies that we'll hear, and that'll be written in our lives this year. I'm going to pray for us. Let's respond to the God who is here in worship. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. And we recognize and we celebrate and we delight in your presence with us. That you are the God who is with us always, powerful and present to heal and redeem and restore and to guide and to lead, to anoint and to empower. We invite you, Lord, to be so at the forefront of our awareness this year as a church life. God, that we would seek you out, that we would worship you in community. God, that a part of the overflow of that is that we would see people, be with people, love people, be present with one another. And God, that our hearts would be expansive and open for those who don't yet know you. And we would find ways, even if it's sacrificial, to be with them, to build those connections and those relationships. Jesus, I declare afresh that you are the head of this church and that you are building your church. Lord, it's just our joy and delight to partner with you as you do. Amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.